Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries in Smyrna, Delaware, and we are going to be bringing you weekly sermons and our midweek services, as well as podcasts and interviews that we think are going to empower and enrich your life. When you're done listening, feel free to share with someone else, because you never know what impact the word may make. Be blessed. Under the leadership of Elder Bull, uh, Bishop Bull and Elder Pastor Sybil, we are grateful for this opportunity. Come on, let's go to the throne. Eternal God, our Father, the maker of heaven and earth, we thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to share your word on tonight with your people, those who are gathered to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So we thank you. We glorify you. And we declare in advance that we will not just be hearers, will be doers of your word. The entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So we thank you, God, for illuminating those things to us that are mandatory, that we know and that we walk in. Thank you that known truth is our liberator and makes us free indeed. We thank you for the finished work of Calvary, all that you have done for us. Help us to realize the benefits of our sonship and to not live as orphans, but to live as those who have been engrafted into the body of Christ through the finished work of our Lord. We thank you now. We praise you. Bless the leaders of this house and all that they are assigned to do in this hour shall be completed with excellence in the name of Jesus. It is so. It is so. And so it is. We thank God again for this amazing opportunity. Whenever you have the opportunity for me, to share the word of the Lord, I count myself so privileged, humbled, and honored. Again, we give honor to the great leaders of this house. Amen. And we have, we share something in common. We have uh, the same spiritual covering in our Archbishop Ralph L. Dennis. We give him honor always because he is such a, a major part of what we do in this hour. He keeps us grounded. And listen, he's a father indeed. He knows how to be a father, anointed to be that to us. And so we are grateful. Let's finish our con- uh, my portion of our conversation about sonship. This is such an important topic because the word of God tells us in John 1, 12 through 13, but as many as received him, to them gave he power or the right to become the sons of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. All right. I'm praying that they will put you guys uh, in the chat so I can see, uh, get some feedback here and and know that you're with us tonight. Can we do that right quick? I just want to greet some folk. Blessing, Minister Laverne, my daughter, Amy Carey. Good evening. Good evening. Maureen Taylor. Good evening. Darlene Sullivan. Blessings, my dear. Mona Fort. Good evening to you. Sandra Murray. Sandy Murray. Thank you. Jessica Hernandez. Come on, girl. Let's go. Amen. We greet you tonight and all of you out there. Sonship, to as many as receive him. So if you have received Jesus as Lord, I'm talking directly to you tonight. And anyone who may be watching who's considering it, I I pray that when we're done with this 
segment of sharing with you some things about sonship that you will make up your mind to believe him and receive these amazing benefits of sonship. The rights and privilege of a king are passed down by succession through inheritance, succession through inheritance. God at the beginning created man in his image and likeness. God was expanding when he uh, chose the earth. He was It was kingdom expansion, kingdom expansion. And God created a man in his image and in his likeness to carry on in his stead. Mm -hmm to be a co-regent with him, to reign in his place in the earth. And we know through the scripture, you don't have time to go back through it all, but we know that Adam forfeited the kingdom. Yeah, by, by he and Eve's interaction with the enemy and in one act of disobedience, hurled all of mankind into sin, all right? But we know that there came one, the second Adam, Christ, who paid the ultimate price and now allows those to, who receive him to experience the honor, the advantage, and the rights of rulership again as sons, not as servants, as sons, not as servant. Servitude is our posture. Sonship is our position. All right. We operate in our sonship with an attitude of a servant but we have been called to be the sons of God in order to facilitate the exchange for the fallen soul of man for the purpose of inheritance. God himself came in human form with the dual intention of this, destroying the works of the devil and restoring man to sonship through the act of redemption. First John three and eight, the B clause says this, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Aren't you glad he came? Oh, to strip our enemy of his rights over us. Hebrews 9.15 says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I love the book of Hebrews. The whole theme is Jesus is better. No matter what the old system offered, Jesus is better. So this tells us he's the mediator of the New Testament. So that by means of death, I'm reading it again, for the redemption or to redeem the transgressions that were under the first testament, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Our eternal inheritance is secured because Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, a New Testament. How does this all take place? Through adoption. Our sonship is via adoption. Adoption is a binding legal agreement that gives a new name, a new family, new new levels of protection and hope to the adoptee. Adoption is seen through the scriptures. It's not, we don't see it for the first time in the New Testament. Adoption is seen, Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter in the book of Exodus. Esther was adopted by Mordecai. Remember Esther didn't have, didn't have parents and her uncle Mordecai, huh? He adopted her, raised her. Joseph, 
obviously had to adopt Jesus as his own because he served as his father. So adoption is not new, but this kind of adoption has a whole different twist to it when we talk about our adoption as sons. Adoption, again, means here to be made new. All rights and privileges of my former owner are canceled through adoption. Any rights that the enemy had on us, canceled. Mm -mm. All rights, and his, all of his rights and privileges over you and over me have been revoked by adoption. He no longer holds the title deed to our soul. Lord, Lord, Lord. Jesus secured it. The rights and privileges of our former owner are canceled through adoption. Adoption is a legal separation of a child from their birth parent. A transfer of custody. This adoption that has been secured for us through Jesus Christ transferred the custody. Yeah, it's an exchange of parental rights and responsibilities to the adoptive parent. Further, the adoptee is entitled to the same privileges as children born to the parents, including the right to inherit all property, all assets. Adoption identifies us as full-fledged sons. We are citizens of a new kingdom, listen, with all of its entitlements. I think I need to read that again. That's such an exciting definition. When we say that we have been adopted, and I'm going to give you some scriptures to back it up. None of us earned this right to be sons. We receive him through faith, by grace. We receive him. But this adoption was secured. All of the legal ramifications were secured by Jesus Christ. So listen, all things have been made new. All rights and privileges of our former owner have been revoked. The only power that Satan has over you is the power you give him. Hmm? The only rule that he has is what we forfeit and give over to him. But Jesus secured this thing for us. We've been legally separated. Hmm? There's been a transfer of custody. <laughs> you are no longer, Satan is no longer the custodian of your soul. He has no rights and privileges, privileges again, unless we give it to him. There's been ex an exchange of responsibility and parental rights to the adopted parent. We've been adopted, we've been adopted, engrafted brought into the commonwealth of Israel, sealed to the day of redemption. We are entitled to the same privileges as the children born to the parent, hmm? including the right to inherit property. So that says, if I have a right to inherit the property of my father, if the earth is the Lord's, come on now, and the fullness thereof, if a cattle on a thousand hill belong to my daddy, then guess what? I have all rights and privileges to everything that's his. My father's name is Walter Edge Johnson Sr. I am his daughter by blood. 
Come on. Anything that belongs to my daddy, I have a right to. It's the same here. We have to expand our minds and come into this kingdom understanding. I'm an heir by succession. My father has passed down everything to me. <laughs> and he sent a son, a perfect son, a son without blemish to redeem the sons who were fallen in their nature. I did a series at our church. The victory of the son has become the victory of the sons. We walk in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we have the right to inherit. So adoption identifies us as full-fledged sons and citizens of a new kingdom with all of its entitlements. Lord, Lord, Lord. This adoption has left me redeemed, justified, regenerated, sanctified. Oh, and the list could go on, but I just listed those four. I'm redeemed by blood. What does that mean? I've been bought back. Hmm? I've been bought back. Somebody paid a price for me. Jesus regained possession of my soul in exchange for payment. What was the payment? Oh, my Lord. The ever effective blood. My father would say the efficacious blood of Jesus Christ. Forever effective. It's that blood that reaches high mountains, flows to low valleys, gives us strength from day to day, and it never loses its power. I love that song. His blood still works, and I'm glad to report that it's never lost its power. Yes, it works. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So I'm adopted. I'm redeemed. I've been brought back out of the hand of my enemy. I'm sanctified. Not because I don't wear lipstick, makeup. You can see that's not so. Earrings and hair covering. Hair, hair, hair is covering. Hair is the covering. Keep reading. You'll see it. Huh? Not because I don't wear pants and wear my skirts down to my ankles. And I am sanctified. That simply means I've been set apart. I'm different. <laughs> Be holy as I'm holy. That word holy simply means different. I'm different in the world, but not of the world. Second Thessalonians 2.13 says, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God has chosen you as first fruit to be saved through the sanctifying work of the spirit and through belief in the truth. My God. So we're sanctified by the work of the Holy Ghost in us. And as we believe the truth, we are set apart. Then I, 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 in my adoption, I'm redeemed, I'm sanctified, I'm justified. That simply may, means I've been made righteous, but what it boils down to is justification, just as if I never sinned. <laughs> huh? Just as if I never sinned. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and such was some of you, but, and such was some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. My, 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 excuse me. My, 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 my. Huh? 
such with some of us. You name it, such with some of us. Let's tell the whole truth and shame the devil. But because God chose us, excuse me, but we were washed, sanctified, and justified. Washed, sanctified, washed, cleansed, sanctified, set apart, justified, made righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. My, 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 what this adoption has done for us. And then we've been regenerated. Now, this is one of my favorite words when, when it talks about what, what, what Christ did for us. This new birth or regeneration gives the meaning that we've been brought into a renewed existence. We've been giving a newer and higher spiritual nature. Huh? That word regenerated means I, I've recovered from decline. I've been spiritually restored. That from, but from the Latin context, it means to create again, to be a restocked race. It means I've been brought back to a line of regeneration. So it literally means I've been regened. I've been regened. I entered into a new birth process that removed all traces of degeneration. It removed every trace of degeneration. <laughs> I've been restored to be regenerated. It means I've been restored back to the place of God's original intent. My once upon a time becomes my again. <laughs> Through Christ, I have the ability to return to my initial assignment. The initial assignment of mankind was to reign as king, to live in kingship. Regined, whatever was in my bloodline that I was supposed to follow, that bloodline trait that I was supposed to carry out, I've been regined. I don't have to follow in the traits of my ancestors that may not have been pleasing in the sight of God, huh? Your papa might've been a rolling stone or wherever he laid his hat was his home. Come on now. That doesn't have to be your lot. You've been regimed, huh? A whole new bloodline. You've been, we have been released through our, through this, this, this system of sonship. This kingdom succession, sonship has allowed us the finished work of Calvary that has caused us to be redeemed, sanctified, justified, regenerated, regimed. Oh, my, my, my. New birth brought into a renewed existence. Bloodline curses destroyed, regimed. I'm the difference. I don't care what was happening in the generations before me. When I received Jesus Christ and I step into my position as a son, I flow by a new order. 
That's what sonship does. Aren't you excited about it? Oh, I wish we get, were together in person because we stop and dance right now. <laughs> My sonship. Sonship not only gives me access to the father, but it allow, allows me to reaccess my in his image, my likeness to him, my likeness, you know, like father, like son. Yeah, that's what it is. Like father, like son. And this term son is genderless. It's genderless. All right. So my sonship allows me not only again to have access to my father, but allows me to reaccess and come into a greater understanding of my in his image. How much I'm like him. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. To be like him means I have the same characteristics and qualities. I am to the same degree as he, because he's my father. I have the privilege of unlimited access. Paul said it like this. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I have unlimited access to my father. I don't have to make any announcements. No priest has to go in anymore. The sinless son served as our eternal priest, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Come on now. And he went into the holies of holies for us one time, sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, settled all issues against us. So now I have the privilege of unlimited access. Wow. I have full, I'm adopted, but I've got full rights and full privileges. When we come into understanding our sonship, we will get over this orphan-like spirit. You're not an orphan. You don't have to earn, when you think like an orphan, you feel like you have to earn the father's love. No, 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 no. He so loved you. While you were yet a sinner, while I was yet a sinner, he died for us. We don't have to earn anything. This is unmerited. The only prerequisite is that you have to receive him. That's all. To as many as received him, to them he gave the power, the ability, the right to walk in sonship. My God, my, 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 this is good stuff. I don't have to earn his love. He so loved me. You don't believe it? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave an offering of his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't have to earn his love. He so loved me. He so loved you. And if there's somebody out there listening and you've never really experienced real love, I dare you to receive Jesus as Lord in your life. There's a love that comes from the Father that no other love on this earth can match. It's an unmatched love. You're not an orphan. You don't have to earn his love. 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says, Behold, or look at here, 
What manner of love is this? What kind of, what, what? What kind of love is this that the father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? What, what? You don't have to earn it. It's a bestowed love. <laughs> it's a love that, that hasn't earned it. That, when you think about it, there is really no way that man in and of himself could earn the love of God. It's impossible. So he lavishes his love on us. It's unmerited love. It's a it's it's really agape love. That 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 love that can't be measured. That love that's not not issued out based on behavior. Ooh, thank you. Somebody need to say thank you, Lord, right there. It's a love that continues. So Paul asked, what can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? It doesn't mean that your love continues to hold on to him. It means his love is continually binding and holding on to us. He said, nothing can separate us from his love. Yeah, Elder Sharita, and we thank him for that. So, so now th this adoption, we have to have a witness that we've been adopted. So Romans 8 and 15 says, hmm, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. You're no longer slaves. <laughs> You're no longer somewhere serving. You've got full rights of sonship. And it is by the spirit of adoption that we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, for the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Woo, that we have, this is not a figment of my imagination. The spirit of God in me bears witness with my human spirit that we are the sons of God. I've got a witness down in my soul that I'm his. <laughs> oh, it's a witness that reminds me on days when situations may make me feel like I'm not. Holy Spirit bears witness and reminds me you've got intimacy with him. Abba is an intimate term. Holy Spirit has the assignment of creating our sense of belonging and nearness to the Father. He is assigned to the work of persuasion of our status. Oh, I wrote that down today. He is assigned to the work of persuasion as to our status as the sons of God. <laughs> he's, on, he's on assignment to keep me reminded. And again, that word persuasion. He is assigned the why you keep repeating it. Repetition is the mother of learning. I want you to get it. The Holy Ghost in you is more than tongues. <laughs> That's just a sign he's on board. But the work of the Holy Ghost, one of his assignments is the work of persuasion to our status. To remind us, you're a son. You're not an orphan. You're a son. You're not a servant. Servitude is your posture. Sonship is your position. 
Jesus used this term, Abba, in Mark 14, 36, when he said, Father, if it be so, let this cup pass from me. Daddy, 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 daddy. If, if, if I could get around this, I know why I came. I know why, but if you could. But then in the end, he said, daddy, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So we have the spirit of God living in us to remind us of our status. <laughs> oh, the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba. When he reminds us that you have an intimate place, when he reminds us how, in, do you know how important you are to God? He said, your name is engraved on my hands and you are ever before my face. My thoughts toward you are more than the sands of the sea. They are more than can be numbered. You're always on my mind. You're always my thoughts toward you. Woo! So we have to have a reminder that there is this intimacy. There is this up close and personal that we have with him. And that's one of the assignments of Holy Spirit is the persuasion of our status and who we are in God. <laughs> we are joint heirs. With G Do you know how powerful? Everything that belongs to the perfect son belongs to the sons that he has perfected. Okay. Everything that belongs to the perfect without blemish son now belongs to the sons that he has perfected through the shedding of his blood. So everything that belongs to Jesus as the son of God belongs to me because I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection, and Holy Spirit bears the witness. And now we can use the same language that Jesus used in addressing the Father, Abba. Dearest Daddy, intimate, climbing up. If I just, I just imagine myself just climbing up in his lap, laying his head. That's how I do my dad. Still, he's 96. I'm 66. I'll still sit on my dad's lap and lay my head in his chest. It's one of the most comfortable places on earth. Why? Because I have an assurance that I'm his. <laughs> and you know one thing I know about my daddy even now? Anything I ask him for. Oh, my daddy will do it for me. Why? I'm his through blood. You belong to God through the blood of Jesus. So you can ask what you will. <laughs> Ooh, you, we've got to get that up close and personal understanding. It'll cause you to walk in a closer proximity to him. Yeah. It calls you, calls you to walk closer because I understand our, we have a relationship. See, th this thing is not about religion. I think we're finally getting it. It's about relationship. And when I realize that I have relationship and I can call him Abba, that increases my prayer time because now I'm not afraid to talk to him. Because I just talk to him like he's my dad. So I talk to God, dad, 
I, I need help. Help me understand this. Dad, my body, I, I, I'm, calling, I'm calling on you for healing, Dad. Dad, my mind is perplexed. Dad, I, I, all, that I, all that I've ever needed, your faithful hand has provided. So here I am again. I don't go to any other source. I got a daddy that owns everything. I don't have to barter my birthright. I don't have to sell my soul. I know who I am. I go to my dad and he supplies all my needs. Mm -hmm. I'm a spoiled daughter. Yeah, because I stay in his presence. I make sure that I'm not, I, I can't live out of close proximity with my dad. I can't, in him I live and move and have my being. He's my source and my resource. And so we've got to come into this understanding that sonship causes us to draw close. Huh? We've been made nigh, drawn in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Read the book of Ephesians again and again. The book of the blank check. Huh? Reminds us of who we are. Read Hebrews that reminds you how much better Jesus is and how much better the new covenant for us is. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4, for he chose us in him. There's that adoption. See, in, a, in adoption, you get to choose who you want. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love. He, listen, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his own will. <laughs> to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. What? What? D did you hear that? Before the foundation of the world, he chose us, predestined, predetermined us for adoption. This is for all of mankind. He predetermined mankind for adoption. And the only prerequisite is that we have to receive Jesus. And what he predetermined becomes activated on your acceptance by faith. Come on here. What he predetermined becomes activated personally for you upon acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my God. And it's irrevocable because it was already set. Adoption is an act of God whereby he accepts the justified believer as a full grown, as an adult son who can enjoy the privileges, watch it, and the responsibilities of carrying out our, what's our, what's our responsibility? To become so radically transformed by the word that we act out, that we live out our sonship. And in the words of our archbishop, our assignment is to know him and make him known. How do we do that? By again, becoming so radically transformed by the word that we live out our sonship. 
Adam and Eve, mankind was assigned to represent him in the earth. That word represent, to represent him. To exhibit a visible impression of God's image and likeness in the earth. We're assigned. I want to just remind you of these few things from last week and then I'm done. I pray that I've been a blessing to you in these two weeks. Nothing is exhaustive that we've shared with you. For some of you, it was a repeat. Because it's never the word never gets old. It's never stale. <laughs> it's forever fresh. Because it comes from Holy Spirit, it is forever relevant. Always meets us at the point of need. For some of you, it's insight. Amen. For some of you, it's information. And I pray it goes from information to revelation to the total transformation of how you see yourself as a born-again, blood-washed believer. I pray that if there are unbelievers watching, that this has whet your appetite to know more about this God who has adopted us and called us to the kingdom to carry out his assignment in such a time as this. Well, as many as received him, to them gave he power. And I shared with you last week that that word exousia includes all of this. As you walk in your sonship, you've been given ability, the capacity to perform successfully. You have exceptional skill and Holy Spirit intelligence, spirit anointed intelligence. You have privilege to them gave he power, ability, privilege. You have rights and advantages. Oh God, you have rights and advantages. There are some things that you've been exempt from by your sonship and you are privy to confidential information. For he who knows the mind of God lives in you. We have inside info. We're the only people who have a God who speaks in us. Huh? To him gave he power. Authority. Excuse me. Ability. Privilege. Force. Huh? You have superior strength. You have superior strength to make yourself do those things that are against your own inclinations. Oh my God, you have strength. You have competency. You have the ability to do things well. You have sufficient income and you are legally qualified. To them gave he power. What else does power mean? Freedom. You've been released from captivity. You are no longer a slave. You have the right to speak or to act without restriction. You have honorary citizenship in heaven. You have the ability to make choices that go against the grain of your very flesh. You have the power of mastery. Oh, God. You have delegated authority. You have influence, the power to sway. You have the right to enforce rules and give orders, and you have the ability to be a source of reliable information, and you have the ability to gain the respect of others. You have jurisdiction, the power to decree a thing, the power to make the legal judgments from the word from your mouth. You have liberty, the right to choose. You have the right to be morally appropriate, 
and you have strength. You have defensive ability, the power to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The power to go from strength to strength, to move from one success to another, and to become progressively better in every day of your life. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I have enjoyed these two Wednesday nights of Bible teaching with you. I want to thank my brother and my sister for trusting me with this assignment. I want you to take these words, go back, go to, to, what, to their website, go to YouTube, to their Facebook page, take notes again, study again, expand on this topic. You need to know it because it's who you are. The greatest tragedy in the earth is a people who do not know their identity. When you do not know your identity, you will live as a slave. You will live beneath your privilege and you will never come into the fullness of who God ordained you to be. I love you so much. Whoever is supposed to take it from here, please come on and do something. The Lord bless you.